Have you ever had this experience? I'm talking about to people who really are sincerely trying to practice and live their Christian faith. That the more that you try, the more that you pray, the more that you, you know, try to do things, good things and everything, the more that you fall, the more that you fall into sin, or the more that you, you know, like, like you confess the same sins over and over and over again in the confessional. You know, and, but you, you do it sincerely. You do it with a firm purpose of amendment, at least for that hour. That's why I say to some people, well, at least for this hour, you're, you have a firm purpose of amendment, or this minute. So that's good enough for me to give you absolution. But then you fall the following week, maybe you fall into that sin again, and you fall into that sin again. And so what happens in the spiritual life is we can become very discouraged because we're like, man, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing everything Father Chris says on Explain the Faith Talks. You know, I'm doing everything Marians are, are telling me to do, and, and I'm, I'm really trying, and I'm trying to pray my rosaries and the chaplet and everything, and just the world, the flesh, the devil, it just keeps assaulting me left and right. And so you, you may become very distressed, full of anxiety and, and, and you're, you're like, should I just throw in the towel? Should I just give up? Or should I continue? And so you become, you become very discouraged in your spiritual life because maybe you don't see any progress in your spiritual life. And so this is where Romans chapter 7 comes in. This is one of my favorite passages of the Bible. I love Romans chapter 7, but also Romans chapter 8. You have to put Romans chapter 8 with Romans chapter 7. Don't just read chapter 7, read chapter 8. And all we have is a part of chapter 7. And one thing if you want to do today, go back and read all of Romans chapter 7. It's really great. Because this is what, this is St. Paul, St. Paul. Not just Paul, St. Paul. He's a saint. This is what a saint is saying to us about what he's going through. And so Paul is saying, I know what to do. I know the right to do. I know the Ten Commandments. I know it. It's been given to me. But knowing it does not give me the power to live it. Just knowing the commandments does not give you the power to live the commandments. So it's good to know the Ten Commandments. It's good to have catechesis. But sometimes in the church, we think knowledge leads to sanctity. And that's not true. You could go to Catholic school your whole life, and it's all up here. It doesn't mean that you're going to be holy or sanctified. Matter of fact, you could turn away from all that you know and learn. You could despise it. You can get spit upon it and rebel against it. So just knowledge alone does not lead to sanctity. But having knowledge is good because you have to know what is right and wrong. You see that? If you don't know what is right and wrong, then you're, you, you don't know what's a sin, what's not a sin. So then this is what Paul is lamenting. He's saying that the law is good, knowing the Ten Commandments, but it also accuses me when I sin, when I go against the Ten Commandments. So it's like this contradiction. 
this law. And he said that I know what to do, and yet I do the complete opposite of what I know what to do. Sound familiar? This is written over like 2,000 years ago. This is a saint writing this. Maybe St. Paul had to go to confession every single week. Maybe to St. Mark and say, I keep confessing the same sins again and again and again. This is a saint, though, who is a martyr, who had great zeal for the church. And he's lamenting that he's doing the opposite of what he knows what to do, of probably even things that he's preaching. And that's why he, he's saying, I know the, that good does not dwell in me, as in my flesh. The willing is ready at hand, but doing the good is not. So he's willing to do good. And many people, good Christians, willing to do good, but doing the good, but actually doing the good is not there. And he says this great phrase, for I do not do the good I want, but I do the evil I do not want. Sound familiar? I do not do the good I want, but I do the evil I do not want. I don't want to do evil, yet I do it. And why is this? And Paul gives a, a great explanation. And then he says, now if I do not do what I do not want, it's kind of like a tongue twister. You have to read it very quickly to like get it in your mind. You have to take coffee as you're, you know, as you're reading this. You have to read it over and over again. What's he saying? If I do what I do not want, so he's doing what he doesn't want, meaning he's sinning. It is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So he's saying, I have original sin, concupiscence. I have this desire to sin that's within me that comes from original sin. And, so, and then he says, so then I discover the principle that when I want to do right, evil is at hand. So he wants to do right. His will is there. But there's always evil at hand. It's always knocking. Like in our world, it's the modern world that's always knocking at our door. Always trying to tempt us in various ways through our five senses. And then he says, for I take delight and the law of God in my inner self. He takes delight in the law of God. No, just knowing the law of God, knowing the truth. It's good to know the truth. He says, but I see in my members another principle at war with the law of my mind. So there's another principle that's at war, taking me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. So there's two laws. There's a law of good and there's a law of evil. There's a law in the mind, say like the Ten Commandments or the principles of, of Jesus or the teachings of the Catholic Church. We know that, that's, that's in our mind. But then in our flesh, there's this law of sin. And so the true war is not something without. The true war is within. Sometimes we always look at the war that is without. But it's the war that's within that begins, the war, that starts the war that is without. If you have war within, side of you, then you're going to have war without. 
And so this war, we're all going through this war that's within inside of us. This law of sin warring against the law of God. And that is why Paul, he, he laments that he knows what to do, but he does the total opposite. It sounds so familiar. That, that's why I'm preaching on it. We, I, we hear confessions all the time here. So, yeah. so the, this is coming from experience. You know, this is not just coming from something I learned in theology class. You know, it's something that we all go through. Even priests go through it also. And then he says, miserable one that I am. He notices, I'm miserable. See that? He says, I'm misery itself. This is St. Paul. The great St. Paul is saying this. Miserable one that I am. Do you ever feel that way? You're just, you feel like you're not making progress in your spiritual life. It's like you're doing all the right things. And it seems like you're going backwards in your spiritual life. It seems like you keep falling and falling and falling. And you say, ah, oh, I can't stand this misery within me. This war that is within me. And so what can I do? But then St. Paul ends on a high note of hope. He then says, who will deliver me from this mortal body? And he puts the answer right here at the end of the passage, leading up to Romans chapter 8. Now you have to realize in the original scriptures, there were no verses. There, were, there was no Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 8. That was something later that we put in there. And he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So he laments this war that's within inside. And he says, the only one who can deliver me, who can help me, is God through Jesus Christ. The word Christ means Messiah, Savior, the Savior, our Lord. And he's saying, I need, I need someone who's greater than me. If you try to do it all your own without asking for grace, that's what's called Pelagianism. It was the early heresy of the church where you think you could do it all your own. You know, the, a lot of our self-help today, where you do self-help, but if you don't, I mean, self-help is not all bad, but you need to ask for grace. You can't just do it all on your own. You can't just have these esoteric principles without grace to free you from sin because it's a spiritual battle. So you always need grace. You always need prayer. And you need Jesus Christ, our Lord, to liberate you from sin. So ultimately, there is a war. We feel that misery. But then Jesus comes in with his mercy. And Jesus says, there is no misery that's a match for my mercy. I love that in the diary of St. Faustina. There's no misery that's a match for my mercy. And as soon as you ask for mercy, especially in the sacrament of confession, even if it's the same sin that you've confessed over and over and over again, God treats it like it's the first time you're confessing it. And you may say, but I just confessed it last week. And Jesus will say, I forgot it. You've been forgiven, I forgot it. Just like a parent 
A child comes to a parent crying, parent forgives the child, parent forgets about it. And so God treats us as his children. Every time we come and we repent, we humble ourselves, it's as if the first time we're coming to him. And the thing is, even if you fall into sin again and again and again, and even if it seems like you make one step backwards, with confession you make two steps forward. So that means you're always going forward. Because you're humbling yourself, you're repenting of your sins, you're asking for mercy, and the mercy is still helping you to be a better person. At least it's helping you to be humble. At the least it's helping you to have humility, which I always say is the root of all the virtues. If you have humility, all your virtues can grow. As long as humility is not chopped out of your life, all other virtues can grow. And so this Romans chapter 7, it's, it's a good one. I always see this is Lent. This is a good passage to read during Lent. It puts us in our place. You know, it really puts us in our place. But then, at the end of this passage, where St. Paul says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He then, tomorrow's reading is Romans chapter 8. And so if you read Romans chapter 7, don't stop at chapter 7. Read chapter 8. Why chapter 8? Because then Paul starts praising the Lord Jesus as the Savior. And he starts talking about the law of the Spirit, a different, a third law. Not the law of the Ten Commandments, not the law of sin, but the law of the Spirit. And he talks all about the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 8. And that, that's where he says, we cannot pray as we ought. We need the Spirit to help us. And that he says, don't seek the desires of the flesh. Seek the desires of the Spirit. It's all about the Holy Spirit. And so you know when you want to read Romans chapter 8? During Easter. Read Romans chapter 7 during Lent. Read Romans chapter 8 during Easter. Because that's like an Easter passage that gives us hope. That doesn't let us stay in discouragement and our misery. I'd like to read to you a passage from the diary. This is a great one. Have this, have this one marked. 1541, paragraph 1541. I'm going to read to you the middle part of this. Jesus says here, write this for the benefit of distressed souls. So this is distressed souls, where you're in distress, where you just find there's no good coming from all your efforts that you're doing and try to live a holy life. When a soul sees and realizes the gravity of its sins, when the whole abyss of the misery into which it immersed itself is displayed before its eyes, let it not despair, but with trust let it throw itself into the arms of my mercy as a child into the arms of its beloved mother. You see that? So Jesus is saying, when you realize you have sinned, you realize your misery, when all your sins are displayed before your eyes, and it's an abyss that you, you feel yourself in that hole, he says, do not despair. Don't despair. Don't throw in the towel. Don't stay down. 
He says, trust, trust. And that's the words, Jesus, I trust in you. So what you do is you take your eyes off yourself, and this is where the divine mercy comes, image comes in. Take eyes off self, put your eyes on the divine mercy image, and say, Jesus, I trust in you. And then throw yourself into the arms of Jesus' mercy. Throw yourself. You know how you throw yourself? You go like this, you throw yourself like a child. You know, you, you ever see a child do uppy, 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 like this, a child is small, and going up to its mother and saying, uppy, 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 like this. You know, a child is like this, come on. And if a child remains like this, the parent can't resist the child. The parent says, all right, I'm going to pick you up, take you to my heart. And suppose the child is crying. Suppose the child did something wrong, and the child is crying, and the child is repentant. And the child says, sorry, mommy, I did something wrong. Or sorry, daddy, I did something wrong. Please forgive me. And the child is like this, tears in its eyes. Would not a good mother and good father pick up that child, kiss that child, forgive that child? Would a good father and mother be able to resist the tears of that child? No. And those are just human fathers and human mothers. How much more would our heavenly father, our heavenly mother, Jesus, our brother, the Holy Spirit, embrace us with his mercy? And, and that's where never be afraid. Never, never be afraid to come to confession. Never be afraid to ask for God's mercy if you need it. And then Jesus says, these souls, the souls that sin, saying the souls that sin and feel in despair, souls in distress, these souls have a right of priority to my compassionate heart. They have first access to my mercy. They have a right to Jesus' compassionate heart. The more that you are a sinner, the more that you have a right to God's mercy. See, it's the opposite of what we think. We always think God's going to punish us. That God's going to throw his lightning bolts down upon us because we're the greatest sinners. No, if you're the greatest sinner, then you have a right of priority to the compassionate heart of Jesus where you will receive mercy. And then he says, tell them that no soul that has called upon my mercy has been disappointed or brought to shame. God does not disappoint us, and God does not bring us to shame either. Because shame is one of the emotions that keep us from going to God's mercy, where we feel shame. We feel shame of ourselves. Or we even have a hatred toward ourselves. Don't hate yourself. Hate the sin, but don't hate yourself. God will never bring you to shame. And then he, Jesus says, I delight particularly in a soul which has placed its trust in my goodness. If you want to delight the heart of God, it's not that you're not going to sin. You're probably going to sin many times in your life. But he says, I delight in a soul when it has sinned, when it has fallen into the abyss, when it places its trust in my goodness, runs to my mercy. 
And you delight the heart of Jesus when you do that. Hey, many people think that they, they go, they confess their sins, they go to a priest, and they, th- and they think that they're going to be yelled at and screamed at. And no, that's not, that, that's the devil putting that in your mind. Actually, when you go to confession, you reveal your misery. You reveal your tears and your heart before the Lord. You reveal your sin. That Jesus is jumping up and down for joy. He's delighting. And he's delighting in giving you mercy when you trust in him. That when you trust in his goodness, he delights. He rejoices in giving you mercy. Total opposite of the way that we think. It's the total opposite. It can change your entire spiritual life. That's why I, I love Romans 7 here. Because it gives us a reason, okay, this is vice and this is why I struggle in my life. And even if you struggle or continue to struggle, read Romans chapter 7. Realize that there is a war within side of you. But then go on to the end of Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 8, and be encouraged that we have a merciful Savior, that his mercy is greater than our misery. We have the Holy Spirit empowering us, that God is there for us if we just trust in him to heal us of our sins, to heal us of our misery, and to give us his great divine mercy. The key to all of this is trust. The key to not despair or be discouraged in our spiritual life is trust. That one word, trust, or confidence, it's the same word. If you want to use confidence or trust, it's that key word that opens the heart of Jesus And when we open the heart of Jesus with the key of trust, then torrents of mercy flow down upon our soul and heal it, make it whole and clean and new again. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our blessed mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content 
which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.